Hi, I'm Austin, host of Beyond Our Bubble. Nowadays, a lot of people are discussing political bubbles, where people only hear repetitions and variations of their own political views. So I figured, hey, I happen to have friends across the country on either side of the aisle. Why don't I just interview them so I can hear their perspective without interrupting or arguing? So that's what I did. I interviewed people from my world, just people you'd meet around town. And here are their views in Beyond Our Bubble. And we're doubling up again this week. Uh, two guests want to talk about feminism. So we're having one on today, and then the second is coming out on Thursday. Perfect. Enjoy. Hi, I'm Austin. I'm host of Beyond the Bubble. And hi, I'm Lisa. So Lisa, tell me about yourself just to get started. Yeah, so I'm a recent business school college grad, and I just started working for a big Fortune 500 company. I guess I don't really know if I should say which one it is. Yeah, I probably don't need to say which one. Just because I want to make sure that my views aren't really representative of ever, everyone in the company. But yeah, it's definitely a fun place to work. And um, I also grew up in a very loving uh, Christian conservative household. So that is a little bit about my growing up. Oh, gotcha. Okay. Uh, whereabouts did you grow up? So I grew up in central Wisconsin, and I went to school okay. in Minnesota, and I've stuck around there since. So I live in Minneapolis now. Central Wisconsin. So lots of cows? Um, there's cows, like, around where I lived. I think that, like, in my town, there probably wasn't a ton of cows. There was actually a cow once, like, roaming around in the Walmart parking lot. Wait, really? Yeah. That's crazy. Uh, so Lisa, just to kind of get us started on the, on the political spectrum. Yeah. When did you start getting politically involved? Yeah. So I would say like, wasn't super involved until two years ago, I made the decision to study abroad in Cape Town, South Africa, mostly at the time because I thought it would be really pretty there. And I read like Nelson Mandela's log walk to freedom. And I learned a little bit about that, but before I actually went there, I probably would have described myself as like socially liberal but economically conservative just because at the time I was going to business school I thought that just kind of sounded good but I don't think I really knew what that meant but like in Cape Town just because it's it's so intense there like after apartheid has just ended um, the racial climate the political climate everyone's talking about everything all the time like um, and you can just see everything going on and I think that really switched things for me once I actually started having discussions so back that up a little bit uh, maybe just give us a, like a background of apartheid and what sure. that looks like now. What it was is apartheid means just separation. So it was the separation of black communities from white communities. Hmm, so there was okay. like the white Afrikaner community, which are like Dutch immigrants. And then there's the British community. And then there's like the blacks um, who were actually sorted into, um, they were evicted from all of their homes in Cape Town and they were pushed into these um um, communities they're called townships um so kind of that's how you got involved how yeah. did you what what from that experience got you really yeah politically active i guess i think that um there was a lot of discussions i had in classes in cape town and then when i got back to the u.s i was really excited to share some of my learnings so can you give us an example sure so um I feel like right after I got back, I mean, it was probably like six months after, but the GOP debate started like pretty soon after I got back. So the that, 2016 election. Yeah. So that was pretty interesting to just be like, um, well, I have some parallels in like race relations now, like civil rights really didn't end that long ago. So there's definitely, definitely parallels here, like Black Lives Matter protests are happening back home. So n- now I feel like I have like a new insight on like what all of that is and what it means and 
how I can get involved. And so I was excited to do that. But initially I felt like just no one really cared as much as I thought they would. Right. So you saw these stark contrasts based on race in South Africa. Yeah. And you came back to the U.S. and kind of saw them reoccurring in a in a different setting, but similar themes. Yeah, for sure. Like I think like when I was growing up, I was like, oh, simply based on the color of someone's skin, obviously, no, you shouldn't discriminate based on that. But then you see like it's it gets more complicated than that. Like people form stereotypes and these stereotypes are really hurtful. And like it's not about the color of skin. It's also about like where people are from, what their like communities and religions. And it, get, it gets like more intense than just like the color of someone's skin pretty quick. So what do you want to discuss in the show today then? So today um, I want to discuss something that I feel like I can bring um, something to the table with, which is feminism, since okay. I identify as a woman. Yeah. Um, growing up as a woman, do you feel like you experienced discrimination? Well, maybe let's let's step back. How would you define feminism first off? Okay, yeah, that's a really good question. So at the base of it, um, I think people would usually say like, yeah, it's like the equal rights for education. It's equal rights for pay grades, everything like that. But I also would challenge it to take a step further and be um, challenging the stereotypes, as I was saying, in mm. race relations as well. Like, obviously, there's stereotypes within both the genders and um, what roles the genders should play and how they should act and how they should act towards each other. Mm -hmm. And so I think that's a big part of feminism as well. Okay, okay. Um, so growing up as a woman, do you feel like you experienced discrimination or yeah let's stick with discrimination yeah um i think this is also a tough question because sexism is a little harder to pinpoint sometimes because like in some extreme cases it's like women in some places aren't able to go to school they're being discouraged from taking certain classes or you know like they're also sexually abused okay um but in less extreme cases it can be like i was talking about before um women just being thought of as their stereotypes and this is also super harmful because these stereotypes when they've been just like again and again in our culture they turn into prejudices and then this actually turns into like that overt discrimination right give us an example of a stereotype um there's a ton like i don't know women are crazy they're emotional like they feel too much even though you know i don't think feeling too much is inherently a bad thing but mm. um just that if they're sexually active, that means they're sexually promiscuous. Um, yeah. They don't, they're not capable to have the top, top leadership roles. Like maybe they can have a leadership role, but maybe it doesn't make sense for them to have the top one. So now turning to the 2016 election, um, in October, Access Hollywood tape came out. Trump apologized for the rhetoric used in the tapes and suggested it was locker room talk. Uh, on the other side, critics accused him of bragging about sexual assault. What are your thoughts on the tape as, yeah. as a self-proclaimed feminist? Yeah. So at first I would say like I wasn't surprised at all just because I had started watching since that first GOP debate and I heard his criticism against immigrants that I just felt that I was more shocked than by that than I was by this, but that by the time that mm. this came out, I wasn't surprised. But at the same time, I feel like looking back on it, that's just kind of proving why we need feminism even more is that sometimes women have become sort of numb to this kind of thing, even though when you listen to what he was describing, it was non-consensual, which makes it super not okay. Right. And it was really horrible what he was bragging about. Hmm. hmm. So you think uh, locker room talk is, you would not consider that 
okay or do not consider it locker room talk. I mean, like, if it is locker room talk, I wouldn't know that that's what it was, but it would be really shocking and hurtful to me that that's what men think about us as women. Mm. So even if it was locker room talk, that that's not okay to say it in yeah, that way. Yeah, that's what I think. Gotcha. Um, tell me about the different reactions you saw after the tape. Not, like, most specifically from your perspective, but also about how you saw other women responding to the tape. Yeah, I think that's huge because women were really divided on this, um, which I think surprised me more than the tape itself. Um, I think some women are super at battle with the stereotype that I was talking about before of looking emotional. Mm, okay. So they wanted to play it off like they don't care. So I heard like a lot of women say like, I've heard a ton worse. Like guys have said so much worse to me. That doesn't really phase me at all. But I just want, I guess it frustrates me because I would hope that women would know that if a guy was saying this to them or if they were saying it about someone else, like it's not okay still. And I wish that they would be able to stick up for themselves and even others in that sort of situation. Right, right. So it's not that there is worse talk going on. It's that there's a line and he crossed it. Yep, exactly. And I think it's about time that we started saying this isn't okay and then doing something about it. Interesting, interesting. But I also think it's important that, like, it did also kind of bother me how white men and women drew a line at that, but then they weren't surprised at some of his earlier comments. Like, I think all of it was wrong. Like, I think the immigrant talk was wrong. I think some of the things he retweeted about black-on-black crime, that was wrong. Like, I think this was one of many things. But um, as far as since this is what I'm choosing to focus on, then yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So if you had to break down... Let's move back from the 2016 election and sure. just talk about feminism again. Yeah. If you had to break down what are like the core beliefs that you base this off of. Yeah. Something that probably everyone can agree with, even if they don't describe themselves as feminists. What would okay. you say the core sure. basis? It's hard to break it down into like specific words. So I have like a saying maybe if that's okay. helpful. That's great. Um, regardless of even the subject, the, the line of it was that being unbiased is overrated when people are getting hurt. So I think a popular value that's come up after this is empathy. And I would really want to um, just um, talk about that. I think that's one big one. And also encouraging people who aren't as homogenous as maybe I am. Um, Because I I think it's obvious that we can learn a lot from people that aren't exactly like us. Like even when we go on a group project, they're like, learn from different perspectives. Like I think that's super true. And we Mm. can do that more than we're doing right now. And I think lastly, um, I would just want to leave it at that. Like, I think that we have a lot of work to do with people of color and people of color who are women, especially, and, um, them being even just recognized as first class citizens. And, um, I think it's important to speak up about it. So speaking up, I guess would be the last one because sometimes when we're quiet about it, it can be really harmful almost to everyone around us. Okay. So you've like, you recognize some stereotypes. And you want to make sure people recognize that these stereotypes are not okay. Yeah. That things that individuals say you don't believe are okay. So you want to speak right. about that. Yeah. Sorry. I, I think I kind of rambled, but no, that's great. at the end, I think, yeah, being empathetic and being able to speak up about these kinds of things when you see them coming out. So I think that's most of the time we have. Okay. Uh, Lisa, do you got many holiday plans going on? Well, I'm in Boston right now, which is awesome. Oh, okay. Yeah. Great. What are you guys, what are you doing in Boston? I'm actually going to see some study abroad friends tonight. So as I was talking about Cape Town, I'm going to see some of my old pals. Okay. Thanks for having me on. Yeah. Enjoy your time in Boston. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Beyond Our Bubble. If you liked what you heard today, feel free to rate and review us on iTunes. 
If you or someone you know want to be on the podcast, or if you have thoughts on the show, email us at beyondthebubblepodcast at gmail.com. You can also find us on Twitter. I'm at Bubble Podcast. Thanks so much for listening. Thank you.